Yo, 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 what up? Thank you for tuning in to Cap Talk, the podcast. I am your host, DJ Copesthetic. Today, we got a special guest, Mr. Larry Carey, black author, black educator. What up, Larry? Let us know what you do. How you doing, Mr. Copesthetic? DJ Copesthetic. Panda! <laughs> so, I see you got a children's book. It's called Alliteration Boost Communication. Explain real briefly, because we also want to know well, let's say, let's get into this. Who is Larry Carey first? Where did you come from? Tell us your background. All right, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Like you said, my name is Larry Carey. I am an author, I'm an educator. I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, currently, I'm working with Columbus City Schools as a district PBIS coordinator. I'm over 19 buildings. Um, and I came up with the ideal with the book, Alliterations Boost Communications, the ABCs of vocabulary, because I wanted to boost our kids' knowledge on high-level, robust vocabulary words. That's one of the things our kids lack. So prior to being a BBIS coordinator, I was a pre-K teacher. And I was looking at some of our alliteration books, Apple ate apricot, or apricot ate the ant, or anteater ate whatever. And it just wasn't really hitting it for kids. Yes, they're learning about the letters and what the alliteration is, but our kids need to hear these vocabulary words. Right. Like ambitious, like agile, like bodacious, like bashful, like umbrageous, like loquacious. So is it like a, it's like like how we used to get the handwriting books in the back of the day where we would have to, it broke the words down as we learned how to write the words. Like it's something like that. Where you yeah. Get, so basically that's what it is. Like a, Exactly, so when you open it up, example, first page. <laughs> Um, is ambitious aliens agitate agile alligator, right? If I was teaching this to you, what's 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 the uh, you got the book open right now? So yeah. what letter is that? A. Exactly. What sound does A make? I have that at the uh, bottom. Ah. Uh, what color is this? Uh, part blue. Part blue. <laughs> uh, that was dark. Eh? <laughs> uh, it's uh oh, a little, we got it a little. Uh oh, it, it's actually blue. It's a little darker here, so. Yeah. It's blue, right? So right there, we already have the letter of the week, we have the sound of the week, and we have the color of the week. And you can also point, hey, uppercase A, lowercase A. Right, then right. I would do something called a see, think, wonder activity with the students, right? So can you tell me what's going on on this page? What do you see? Tell me everything you see on this page. I see a gator. I see a person. So I see one guy doing, like, Handstand on the gator's nose. I see one guy trying to pet a gator, and then I see one guy and the gator look like they're kind of like getting along. So it's like they go from learning each other to getting to know each other to becoming friends. Is that what I'm seeing? Okay, I'm similar. So you told me everything you see, and then you also told me what you wonder, and then you started to predict. So you did your see, think, and your wondering. Um, actually, you have. At that point, we'll write that down, and then we'll read it. Ambitious aliens agitate agile alligator. Our vocabulary words of the week is ambitious. What do we associate things with being ambitious? What are those aliens? Right. How, what, what are they wearing? Uh, different colored clothes, like a suit. Exactly. A so they suit. got a suit on. So some people, sometimes we look at people as ambitious if they have a suit on, right? Right. Then we can go agitating. How are these aliens agitating these alligators? <laughs> okay, yeah, I see. Okay, so yep. he's doing a handstand <laughs> on his alligators. nose. He's like messing with his nose with the ground. Then what is like flying over him? Yeah, and he's trying to catch him. There you go. So now we got agitate, and we can break this down farther. We can go into an SEL lesson, which is social emotional learning lesson. Do we agitate our friends? Why right. is agitating our friends wrong? And then our other vocabulary word right here, though, is agile. How can you be agile? This alligator is jumping out of the water to catch him. Oh, the alien is doing a, a flip on the alligator, right? So when I wrote this book, I wanted to make a one-stop shop for our kids to think. There's so many things you can do with this page. We can also talk about alligators. Right. That's the science part of it, right? Oh, we have aliens. an alligator. Yeah. Where, where, where do alligators live? Right? We can break that. Are they right. a reptile, amphibian? We can break that down. We can do a math component. How many alligators do you see on this page? So you got, basically, you got so many elements of teaching on one page, which is true because you can teach adults. Like, you said some stuff just now that, like, it hit me. I didn't want to interrupt you, but you was like, even with adults, like, we agitate our friends. Mm -hmm. And that's true because 
I think if we didn't agitate, if people wasn't so agitated in the world, it would be so much more peace. But the way the world is designed, it's designed for us to do this cycle. Exactly. <laughs> we could do a whole learning circle just on the word agitate, which we do normally when you start your lessons, or I do when I start my lessons with students and now with teachers. So, but the logist of it was when I made this book, it was for the vocabulary right there. Ambitious, agitate, alli- not alligator. I'm sorry. Ambitious, agitate, agile, or the vocabulary words of the week. You so do you the same. You know what? What's up? So now, turn this into what I would do. Is turn this into a, one of them books where they could trace the everything you got, like the same thing, but it's where they can actually write along. Oh, we got coloring books in the mix, so oh, okay. it's going to be workbooks. So, yeah. um, we got puzzles coming, um, shirts and stuff like that. But this page alone was built basically just to get kids to learn what alliteration is, learn the vocabulary, the robust vocabulary, and also how to decode words, how to break down pages. Because you see at the bottom, we had the vocabulary words right there. Right. Now you can clap it out. Ambitious. Right? You clap it out. How many syllables is that? Ambitious. That's three. three. Right? So you, you got, got that. The, 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 the definition is having or showing a strong desire and determination to succeed. That's what ambitious means for those that don't know. So, how did you even think to even come up with a book like this? Like, like I mean, there was a lot of things here, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, but there was a lot of things, like, I'll walk down the hallways and I'll hear some of our students, our scholars, singing songs that... Like a bibbity 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 boo, and I'm like, uh, what are you really learning from that? <laughs> right. And I'm not trying to be funny or throw shade on anybody, but I learned some vocabulary words from different artists. The time when I, we, you know, we listen to music. For example, you go over here to B. I have bashful. I actually learned the word bashful from Eminem. Remember? Don't right. you want to help Dad Dad build a sandcastle? Why are you being bashful? You know, right. I might have messed that verse up, but it was that. Quit being bashful. Don't you want to help that dad build a sandcastle? That's old school Eminem song. The word elated, which is an E. I learned that from Jamie Foxx, one of his songs, when he was talking about his daughter, Corinne. Long, long time ago. So I learned different vocabulary words from music. So I was like, also, how can I help our kids get these vocabulary words, make it a tongue twister, and also put some writing component to it? Boom. Have you ever seen a book like this to... Since you've been in the education field, like, have you ever, um, like, been in a library or took the kids to the library and you, or you try to find some material to teach the kids and you was like, there's really nothing out here, let me write a book or it was just, what made you, what, where, where did the idea come in your head and say, I'm going to do this book no matter what it takes because tell them, you put your own money in it, right? Yes, I did. But um, there are similar books out there like that. Um, I personally haven't seen a book with the vocabulary words that I use. Um, and in some of the alliteration books, they have they may have a transition word like the. My book is literally A through Z, and every letter has the same letter to start with. So it's a true alliteration. So have you ever seen a book like this? Yes. Not like this with the vocabulary words. I have seen other books, but it was something similar like Apple ate apricot or something like okay. that. Okay. So Not basically a- you're giving them the uh, uh, you're giving them the letter and you're breaking down I see a couple different words in the letter and definitions, but they're words of importance. Mm-hmm. I wrote this book like a workbook, but it's still entertaining because uh, I made sure that the, um, the illustrations was popping. And I'm going to shout out Will Lentz, who was my illustrator. He illustrated the book. Me and him came shout together. Out Will. Good and, job, uh, boss. Yeah, so Will did the typography. He did the uh, layout for the pages. And he, me and him just worked together perfectly on putting images on a book that were stunning or beautiful that could engage children. So... Thank you, Will. Appreciate you. So, how did you reach out to Will? How did you find somebody that could format? What was the process? Explain to somebody, if they wanted to go out and start a book, what would be the first process? Um, That probably was one of the hardest things. And I said Will. I should have said Willer because that's his name. But that was one of the hardest things. Willer was uh, 
my sixth illustrator. I went through six illustrators before I found him. Um, it was just trying to find somebody to see your vision and do it. Um, my first illustrator, me and him was friends. He, he did a good job because he helped set the foundation. Uh, everybody else, you know, I went through Fiverr, I went through uh, on Facebook, uh, I looked on Google just to try to find a local illustrator and it was just kind of like, boom, 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 I can't do it or this don't work or, so that was the challenging thing, but I will say this, because that almost made me quit. I, I almost gave up on it for a minute. I'll just say keep doing it, find who you want to find, get who you want to get, and make sure you just create your vision. Me and Will is going to work on future projects. Um, I have a book called Acronyms Boaster Communities that I wrote. Affirmations Build Character. It's a part of this series. Um, we're going to start working on it really, really soon. We're going to do it in November, but, you know, some things came up. And my book here is taking off, so I kind of want to get that popping. But uh, we, we are doing some future projects. So that's what I would say. So how much did that process cost you? Like when you got with Will, you found him, you said, I want to do this. Like, what was the upfront cost to start this book? Whew. Uh, the cost, because I self-publish, it fluctuates. Um, as a children's book author with an illustrator, um, it, it was, it was kind of uh, pricey to find the uh, right illustrator. I don't want to put a price out there, but it was kind of costly to do everything. The like publication. 5000 or more uh, than that. <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit more than that because I also did the book deal with Book Baby. Uh, I mean, I did that deal because it was a 50-50 split. Book Baby is my distributor for the hard copy. And then I just recently did a, uh, the deal with Amazon, which they changed theirs. Initially, it was 70-30, but now it's 60-40. But I can get the, the books slightly cheaper uh, with them. And that's with the soft copy, though. So Book Baby, hard copy, uh, Amazon uh soft copy just so people can kind of get the book so i mean that that's that was a tricky part i want everybody to have this book um and the issue that one issue i had with book baby was it was costing me uh 23 to make the book so when you say book baby explain to them what book baby is book baby is my distributor so they make the book for me they'll ship it out to you so if you go to my website or if you go to bookbaby.com and order my book you're going to buy from them they're going to make the book and they're going to ship it to you so what's your website www.larrycarryltd.com So Or you can just Google it too um, Alliterations Boost Communication ABCs of Vocabulary Or Google my name Larry Carey Say it one more time for www.larrycarryltd.com That's so my radio voice <laughs> You want to find Alliteration Boost Communications The book Go to the website Get it today Help Larry grow. So, Larry, out of all your years of being an educator, what would you say you got from that the most? Like your first day of becoming a teacher in the Columbus Public School Systems, like what did you see from the inside that you never would see as a parent? Like what, what really made you say, this is something that I want to do, this is something that I need to do, and... I can make a difference. I mean, just the relationship part. Relationships matter. Um, the relationship with your students, um, being able to see them, especially when I was in pre-K, being able to see them not really know too much and coming in with a snotty nose and wiping them on your pants leg. I know that sounds nasty, but it's a true story. To them, by the end of the year, telling you what every nine planets were or eight planets and an exoplanet or something like that or being able to tell you what a brown bear does or knowing all their letters and their sounds and being able to read. So that was amazing to me. Um, and again, the relationships with other teachers, like I've got lifelong friends in this education world just, just because I'm being able to work with them, being in the trenches with them. Um, again, the relationships. I, I love working with the kids. I love working with teachers. I love working with our stakeholders. Right, so with working with everybody that you work with, what would you say what would you say you got from the teachers, the administrators you've been around? What have you who took you under their wing and taught you the most? I mean, the whole take me under a wing part, Miss Vicky Williams from uh, Lincoln Park when I was just a IA. 
really, 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 really helped me out. She uh, always used to challenge me to be bigger and better. And at that point, I didn't even know I wanted to be a teacher. But she always used to ask me, like, why'd you do that? And at first, I thought I was in trouble. But no, she just really wanted to know why I did it. And sometimes she congratulated me for doing it. Because she's like, I didn't think about that. You'll make a great teacher. So she was one person that got the ball moving on my educational journey. Um, there was other people, you know, you hear the word uh, perception is reality sometimes. I had to learn to somewhat dress apart, you know. Right. You know, certain events, you have to make sure you are dressed apart. You have to make sure that you're dressed, dressed, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dressed appropriate for the event. Um, and sometimes it's okay to, to have your jeans on and your button up or, you know, jeans on and a hoodie. But other events, you need to have, you know, a suit jacket on. So that, that's another lesson. And, and just being more clear in your communication. Um, let so, them know what you're going to do. So when you say, like, you had to have dressed apart, suit jacket, like, that meant you went out and brought, like, put it like this. When you first started, did you have the suit jacket? Did you catch on or did you mess up a little bit? You felt like maybe I wore a polo and I, got, I was too casual versus I should have been more business and that's what made you realize or you actually caught it right away because some people wouldn't understand that it, it wasn't nothing like that it was just okay example uh we went to a professional development in uh savannah georgia and this is actually uh when i was doing some union work and our vice president phil Hayes he came to me and he said yo larry uh when you go down there make sure uh you dress apart right make sure you had a suit jacket on your suit your, uh, your shirt and your tie um so that's what I did. I had some dress pants, a suit and tie, and there was a lot of people there that thought I actually was like a vice president or a president or a secretary treasurer or, you know, in the union. And I ended up in the president's meeting at one point, just talking to people, building those relationships. Relationships is, is uh So basically is you got in there because of how you dress. Yeah, and how I spoke and how I presented myself. My ideals uh, just, yeah, those things. I mean, not how I dress, but how I speak, too. But, yeah, that, I mean, that was one of the reasons, too, because most people at that conference, yeah, there were some people dressed up, but not everybody was. Right. So, basically what Larry is saying, he went out there, he he dressed apart, basically dressed for success. That's what they tell a lot of kids. They tell, That's what they told everybody for years in school, at work. If you guys want to be around the money, if you want to try to get the money the right way, the proper way, and it ain't even about the money, it could be the business or whatever, you gotta dress the part. So throughout all your years of being an educator, and let's start with, because I know you went from being an educator to also now you're like behind the scenes more, is that correct? Like you. Like the new role you're in, what's the new role? I'm still, I'm still a teacher. I will always be a teacher. Um, I work more so with adults now, um, more so with with other educators, new educators, other teachers. But I still can work with kids one on one. It just really depends on um, the plan I set for. So uh, this year, I won't say the school's name or the child or anything like that. But I, I was, I was requested to be like a tier three intervention for a child. So I got to work with him until they got the proper placement for that child. So I still can work with children, still can teach children, um, but more so, I'm more so on the adult end of, of things now, working with a teach, teachers and making sure, you know, they get that passion I got, or try to get that passion that I got, so. Explain, like, what, what are some of the things that you do with the teachers that's different from now with the kids? Like, what's, what's I, see, I see you do a lot of traveling with them. Um, we have professional developments. Uh, we do professional developments. I have a partner, Miss Nikki Humphreys, uh, awesome lady, awesome partner. First lady, Nikki Humphreys, I should say that. Um, we do a, a professional development called Classroom Management. Uh, it's a two-part series, and the other part is relationships. Like I said, relationships is important. You hear me say that a lot because if you don't have a relationship with a child, you're not going to teach that child nothing. Right. If you don't have a relationship with that parent, that parent's not going to trust you, and guess what's going to happen? More than likely, that child won't trust you. Um, relationships matter. Can't say it, stress that enough. Um, so, professional developments, 
Um, also, we do a lot of modeling. So if we request it, we can come into a school, mostly with our new teachers, and, and model uh, how to run your classroom or how to particularly maybe teach a lesson or something like that. And of course, we're asked to do that. Um, and of course, the teacher says, hey, come on in. They bring us in to help them do that. Um, so basically, like you guys are teaching the teachers. Um, no, no. We're not, not like I mean, we can. That is, that is one part of the job, but the most part of the job is really dealing with PBIS, which is Positive Behavior Intervention Supports, because we have uh, the state comes in and do this assessment with us called the TFI, which is a Tier Fidelity Inventory. And that's our main part of our job. That right there is just some of the secondary stuff that we do with teachers that we can do if requested. And all of that ties into the TFI. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Like, explain to them what was that? I know you had a moment when you was a teacher where you had like a kid that was just all over the place, wasn't really, they were bad. <laughs> There's no I, bad kids. Well, you know what I mean? Like they were like an average person would have been like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, how did you deal with that? Like, you know, some kids come from situations where they got, you know, bad homes or they got anger issues or whatever the case may be. Have you ever had like a kid that was just all over the place? You didn't know, you know, like the, didn't nobody know how to deal with them, but when you got them, they were different. Like you changed that whole attitude about that kid. I think everybody has encountered a kid or two like that where it was like, you know, how can I help them? And the, and the thought process there is like, one, I need to figure out where this kid is. I got to build this relationship with this child. I need to give this child a voice. It's very important to give students, scholars a voice. Hey, what do you need? What do you need from me? You know, maybe they don't feel safe. How can I help you feel safe? So there's, there's a, a lot to, to, to that question to break down. Um, but, but that's what I'm going to say there. I'm going to end it at that. Just making sure that that child is getting you 100% of the time, that you are supporting the families 100% of the time, and that you're asking questions. I kind of just repeated what I said, but I think those are the most important things because we're here for the kids. It's all about the children. So, yeah. And as you became an educator, now you're working with, what is it again, let them know? Positive Behavior Intervention Supports. So now that you're doing that, would you say it's made a difference? It's made a change? Have you seen any change in that? I mean, I, I would say that. Um, it's a learning curve right now. This is my first year doing it, so I am learning the job. Um, and anybody who knows me knows that I'm super passionate about anything I do, especially when it comes to kids. So I, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to my job, especially the impact that it has. So, yeah, it has made a difference. It will make a difference. Uh, right now, CCS has 48 schools start. When they started the PBIS uh, position, the PBIS coordinators, they had zero schools start back in 2017. So that's huge. You got to think about it. We have 113 buildings, and 48 out of those 113 in a short span, short span of school years are, you know, at least start. And some of them start multiple times. There's 12 coordinators now. Last year there was six. When we first started, I believe there was one or two. So the work is making a difference. If you go into any building in CCS, especially those that are practicing PBIS, you're going to see the culture and climate. You're going to see a difference. Um, your son goes to East High School, he's on the football team. Um, they have PBIS. It's Region 3, but I want to shout them out because you walk in that building, the, the, the culture and climate, especially with the football team, you had the football team players getting on people saying, hey, don't do that. We're winning, blah, blah, blah. That's PBIS. Right. So um, it's culture and climate. and it, it, Yeah, it, it's making a difference. It's making a huge difference. You go to a school uh, on, on our region, Region 2, Boys school right now um, they're focusing on recruitment they're bringing in panelists to come in and talk to the kids and speak life into them that's community engagement that's part of PBIS the girls schools is doing the same thing the boys schools is men of valor the girls schools is daughter of destinies you have um, 
people around, you have leadership around the city coming to speak life into them, to acknowledge them for all the work that, the hard work that they are doing and will do in their life. That's PBIS. But it is building, it is culture and climate. So, what would you say, like, as far as with the, do you see the curriculum being different now? Like, I noticed that a lot of the stuff we used to learn in school is no longer in school. Like, for instance, Black History Month, from what I'm understanding, they don't teach that no more. Um, That's not true. we don't really touch curriculum as a PBIS coordinator, but they, they still do black history, but in schools, um, they highlight different schools do different things. Um, like I said, it's 113 schools, but they highlight uh, different um, people who made a difference in our community, uh, who made a difference in the, the world, the country, stuff right. like that. So black history Month is still being taught. So yeah, I will say that. Like, Rita Fuller Yates is doing uh, her book, uh, Columbus Black History. That is now um, in every library in Columbus City Schools. And I, I do know they're doing tours, and some schools are partnering up with her, and they're going around learning black history just locally. So that, I mean, the curriculum from when we grew up to now is different, different companies and stuff like that. But I will say, it's black history is still being taught. <laughs> like, do you think it should be a whole course? Like they got American history. Do you think they should have like did, like you should be able to like you know you could do uh, the languages where you could do you could learn Spanish, you could learn um, French, you could learn Japanese, you could learn all these different languages. Could you be you know you could pick what classes as you get more and more in the school. Like your ninth grade year, they give you the regular core. Your tenth grade year, you can start touching into certain stuff. Your junior year, or so on, you can start taking them advanced classes and like you know the higher grade is you start so do you think they should have like you could like they got geography they i got, got you uh my personal opinion is this and this opinion i, I think that instead of focusing on the month it needs to be in, embedded because black history is american history right um as, as, as you can see we built this country but uh, and it's not about talking about race because they also don't talk about Me- mexican history in school you know, they don't talk about the different history. I think they should break it down to all the histories being involved because we're all American. They made America where everybody could come and everybody could come together. So, I mean, my, my personal opinion is I think that every race history, black history, is American history and it should be taught. But uh, my specific job isn't really on the curriculum side of the thing, so that's just a personal opinion. My book, though, that I wrote, I wrote that for everybody all kids just to make sure that they get that vocabulary word so i did want to circle back to that because i know some of the things we do lack is those vocabulary words and that's one of the reasons why i wrote the book again so i did want to touch on that no that's again. good because like again check out the book y'all um it touches how to talk it breaks down the alphabet it breaks a lot of components down one page alone breaks down a whole lot it says a lot so make sure you guys check that out um but just what he's saying to everybody is you gotta dress for success race color any ethnicity is not a it doesn't matter what background you come from um and they pretty much Columbus public schools are making changes to make their system better because as you can see they're they're coming from zero stars to how many schools again you said 48 for, for the for the for the pbis side which is a state a state initiative um so pbis again is positive behavior intervention supports it's a state initiative um we started in 2017 and i believe one person maybe two one person. And they went from zero stars to now 48 stars. So, so in the state, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, because you No, you're good. But so. in the state, it's uh, bronze, silver, and gold. And I probably should have uh, um, said this earlier. We have at least 48 schools start with bronze. And I can't give you the number. We do have some gold schools, and we do have some silver schools. And how it works, every year you have to apply to get these stars. So next year, our goal is to have over 80% of our schools start. 
But, and this won't happen, but we could have less than 48 schools star because every year you have to apply. So it's not, oh, you got a gold scar, you're a gold school, you're a gold school for this school year, next school year, and this following school year. No, you got to apply again and you got to prove this is why you're a gold school. So it's work. So what about the strike? I seen it earlier this year they went on a strike. Um, like the funding... Like, not to bring it up like that, but I'm just saying, like, are they going to make measures to, you know, enhance and make these school facilities a lot better, like the facilities? Because I know that that's what it was about. It was about the, the facilitates and the air conditioner. So, heat. yeah, so with the strike, um, it's uh, – they did come to an agreement. Um, one of the things is I believe – oh, you're going to make me think now – I think it's 2025 or 2026, all CCS schools will have air, condition, uh, air conditioning units in, in their buildings. Um, so that was that was one of the main, main causes there. But And do yeah. you see, um, I do see like they added a lot of flat screens. They're like, they're upgrading, they're getting hip to the technology. Um, um, I would say this, a lot of our new, newer buildings have a lot of technologies and there's some of our older buildings that don't have those. Um, one of the things that we should focus on and need to focus on is our school funding system right now. Um, House Bill 1, and I will say this, and I'll, and I'll get off the topic because I really like talking politics, but House Bill 1 was signed into law two years ago, but it was only signed into law for two years, and it actually gave, gave every school uh, funding, right, the proper funding that they needed. Well, not necessarily, I shouldn't say proper funding, but back in 1999, our Supreme Court said that our schools was unconstitutionally uh, funded. They weren't funded correctly. They weren't funded properly. They weren't funded at all. So a few years back, we, we finally got that passed. So like I said, it was only for two years. It expires now. It expired. Um, we need to make sure that is passed permanently so schools like Columbus City Schools, schools like Cleveland Public Schools, and, and Cincinnati, and Toledo, the Big Eight, and every other school in the state of Ohio get the proper funding they need to fund our kids. Because without uh, putting the money and resources in our kids, we're not going to pass other countries in, in the world. So um, yeah, when we talk about upgrading facilities, one way we can help with that is going down to our state office and telling our elected officials, hey, we need funding for our kids. We need these things. Make sure you put, put this in the budget because that's where it needs to be. All right, not to get off subject, um, but yeah, back to the book. Real quick, let them know one more time, your website, your email, your Gmail, everything they need to know about. Everything, yeah, so the, the website is www.larrycarryltd.com. The book is Alliteration, Boost Communications, the ABCs of Vocabulary. Um, you can Google me, Larry Carey, um, or you can Google the book title and find it. It's available on Book Baby and also Amazon now. Uh, book Baby has the hardcover and Amazon has the softcover. Oh, on Book okay. Baby, it's $29.99, and on uh, Amazon, it's $19.99. But with that, you can go to my website. The second page of my website, there's lesson plans or teacher directives to go with your students or with your uh, your child or anyone that you want to teach. <laughs> Make sure you guys check that out. Get the book today. Um, Cap Talk, the podcast. We got Larry Carey, author, teacher, educator. We also heard you were uh, in a movie. Yeah, recently. yeah. So. so let's talk about that. Like whose movie was it and what role did you play? So last year I got the opportunity to uh, – Last year, I got the opportunity to work with NEA, that's the National Education Association, and a fellowship. So they offered this fellowship to 12 educators across the country. I was one of the 12. And um, with that opportunity, I got to work with a lot of different unions. Um, and one day, we got to go down to the Cincinnati area, and I met somebody with the SAG union, and they kind of was like, hey, Larry, you should check this out. And SAG is the union that represents actors. Okay. Um, so I checked it out, put the stuff in. This was something I did on my side. Uh, sorry. This was something that I did on my time. Um, so it was outside of that time. I, I, I attached it to my business, which is, of course, Larry Carey LTD. But um, I applied and they gave it to me. So I became an extra in the, in the movie Shirley, uh, featuring Regina King, Lance Reddick, um, 
And I got in three scenes, which was pretty dope. So I'm just an extra, but I'm there. I did get one speaking role. I don't know if it's going to be an actual movie, but it was a very funny story. Um, the uh, director, John Ridley, was walking and he tripped. And I happened to be right there. And I didn't even know who he was at the time. And I happened to catch him. I was actually walking off set because I didn't think I was going to be in that shot. I was in the far back and I, and I had to use the restroom. <laughs> so he tripped, fell. I caught him. Everybody on the set kind of like froze. It was like <gasps> silence. Legit. And at the time, I didn't realize who he was. We just had uh, a castmate go to the hospital for uh, heat exhaustion or they, they fainted. And he was like, young man, thank you. And he looked at everybody and he gave his speech. This is why we look out for each other. Soft voice, nice guy. He's like, you, come here, come here. I got some, come here, come, come, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> and he's shaking my hand. I'm over here doing it like you, you can see me. And he brought me up to the front. He, he, he uh, moved someone else out the way because I guess they didn't change or something. I don't know. And he's like, these are your two kids. There was two kids there, which is perfect because I'm a teacher. And he was like, I want you to reach down to them. The, the, Never mind the microphone. It might catch it. It might not. So I don't know if it's really going to be in the movie or not, but it looked like I'm talking. He's like, I want you to tell them that she's the first African-American woman to run for Congress. So that was, I said that to the two kids. We did that scene like, I don't know how many times. I had to pee, but I held it because I'm a teacher and that's what we do. We go for peace sometimes. <laughs> but it, it was great, man. It made for a great story. It made for, like, it, so it was that, fun. That role right there, is that supposed to be like when she was the, a young kid? I don't know how much of that I can talk about because the movie is not out yet. It will be on Netflix. Um, uh, I, I think they, they're, they're opening up. I know it has a 2023 release date, and I think I read that I was coming up close to Black History Month since it is about Shirley Chisholm, who is the first African-American woman who ran for Congress. I think she actually not ran for Congress. I'm sorry. She ran for president. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm messing up now. So. No, you're good. <laughs> but, so uh, did you get to meet Regina King when you was on the set? Did you get to see her at all? We seen her. She talked to us. We really didn't get to uh, speak with her. Um, and this is, of course, my my scenes was that was shot with her were before the tragic uh, incident with her son. So, but she was very nice. She spoke with us. They gave us specific rules: don't talk to the actors, blah blah blah. But she spoke to us because there was another scene where I'm standing in a circle and she's talking and. But we did that several times, and she spoke to us there, like, how y'all doing, you know, where you from? She's a very nice lady. So, um, but it was it was very, it, it was a learning experience for me, because I, I got to see a movie set, I got to see how they do it, how many times they shoot it, I got to see um, the different actors, the different camera angles. It was just something different that I never experienced before, and I only did it because I, I wanted that. I didn't have to do it, but I was like, ooh, I want that experience. So, like, did you, would you say, when you got to see all that, did you see, like, how many, how many takes did your scene take? Like, <laughs> I mean, I was in three scenes, so I got to do three scenes. Two, actually, with Miss King, um, which was dope. I, I mean, I, you know, I told you about the one, and briefly, the other one. The other one, I know you probably won't see me. It was a scene of the movie. I won't say. I don't know how much I can say, but we were sitting, and that literally took us all day. We were we were in that facility <laughs> probably ten hours, maybe twelve. Cause I think we started at six a.m. and we didn't get done until I don't think we didn't get done. It might be fourteen. Cause I I don't I mean, think so, we were done until like seven or eight. So when you do them takes, like, is it like action? Y'all do y'all scene, and then they. We're gonna do it again, and then y'all do it like, is it basically you did it like the it, same it was, thing 20 times? Yes, but you also gotta realize, um, you know, they, they gotta make sure the lines are right, or hey, you might have signed a line, like your tone may be a little off, or your facial expression's a little off, or hey, this person leaned over to the right, or the light, the glare from the light is jacking up the camera, because we were outside for two scenes, and we we're inside for one. Um, we got to make sure the perfect angles here are, uh, you know, this person tripped on the sidewalk because they're in the background because, you know, you still have the background people with, with this people. There's still things going on or, you know, so there were scenes, <laughs> we shot the scenes a lot. Like the quickest scene was the very first one I was in when I was in a little circle and that was probably like an hour or two hour, but that was maybe 10 lines. So. Do you, do you, do you, could you see yourself doing that? Like, on a consistent basis, is you sitting on the movie set for? 
I mean, I thought about it. Like, I would do it again. I had fun. And I made some connections there. And I had the opportunity to do other things. Um, just life kind of hopped in the way. You know, I did that on my own time. And then with, with the schedule and school and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to do that. I, I was able to do a uh, commercial afterwards. Um, it, it hasn't been seen. It was... Um, it was a, uh, I, I kind of it was an education commercial, but um, I was able to do other stuff like that. But yeah, it was fun. I would do it again. Like uh, what, what type of opportunities was offered to you? Like from doing that, like who did you? Who else did you run into? Did you run into any more producers? Uh, man, I ran into a young lady. Her name was Amber Galloway. She's an actor, up and coming actor, uh, a mother. Um, also someone who works hard in her community. She's been in a lot of movies, uh, especially like on Amazon and I believe Tubli. Don't quote me on that, but she, I think she's done at least five movies right now. Um, I ran into her. Um, she's, she's reached out to me a couple times to do certain things. Um, possibly an eHarmony commercial. <laughs> right. But I mean, so... Like, do, do, do you got to get an agent for this type of stuff? Or is it just somewhere you just, you go online, you sign up, you submit? I mean, there's some people that have agents and stuff like that. I don't know the whole ins and out of that. I did one little movie. Like, when you got into <laughs> this movie, you just signed up with it? or Oh, no, nah, the casting agent, uh, they they posted something. And I got an email. And, I, of course, like I told you, I, I ran into someone from SAG, and they told me about the opportunity. I can't even think the lady's name right now. Um, but, uh... I kind of went on and looked at it. I think I looked at an email and then I seen the casting call also on Facebook. It was Lynn Myers casting and I, and I checked because I wanted to make sure it was legit too because you know, right. tell me about it. And then I got this email. It was kind of like, uh, did they send me this? Did they, you know? Um, and I had to send in like some headshots and, you know, my, my size and everything else. And I mean, I, God wanted me to have it because right. it, was, it was a simple process. <laughs> Do you see yourself? Could you see yourself? Doing your like scripting your own movie, typing one up. Uh, I don't know about that one. I, I mean, you you did one. a book. I thought so, about the book. Uh, what about like a doc, called, what like, about a series? Like, what about you ever thought about being behind the camera? Like, where you host? Nope. Your own series? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I thought about doing something like you're doing radio. We did uh, Columbus Black News, which was cool. Um, but back to that one question, real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, I thought about doing something with the book. There's something called Book Flicks. Where they turn your book into like a cartoon, but they read it all out. I, I have thought about that with my book. You ever thought about making it just a whole cartoon? Um, that, yeah, with book flicks though, because it's educational. So it'll still be, you gotta think about it. I got A through Z, I have different characters. So it's like the aliens, the bear, uh, the crowd in the, you know, callous comments, can com, can the crowd, like, or can't, sorry, um, the crowd in there, like, it'll be different. And now, could we do something with that? Maybe it's some thought-provoking things, especially with kids that can come up with creative writing. Like, go back to A, uh, where the aliens come from, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they came from Jupiter. Okay, let's talk about their home life. We know Jupiter is a gas giant. Do they fly into the gas giant and is there hard land? You know, you could do something like that and say this is part of the book, but... I think that would be kid-made. But I think that would be dope, too, though. Yeah, that would be dope. You should look into that. So... I always do something before I close out my segments with all my guests. Today we got Larry, Carrie, black author, children's author, educator. Explain to me your top three things if you were to be able to investigate. I always ask everybody this. This is just a little curveball throw, just to get, just to open up and let people know the different outside of being an educator outside of being the speaker, the teacher, if you got to investigate three things, but you can only pick one, Tupac's still alive, is UFOs real or paranormal? Which one would you do and why? I'm going to do UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) One, one, man, as a child, I was a space geek. So, you know, nine planets, okay, we, 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 we uh, downgraded Pluto, so it's eight planets, but then there's like exoplanets circulating those in our solar system, like Make Make and Ceres and stuff like that. You got the whole uh, Astro Belt, you know, stuff like that. So I was a space geek, so UFOs, are they real? 
And I honestly think there is other life out in the universe. Oh, the you, planet life. Have you, like have you seen any of the new docu? Have you seen any of the nope. new documentaries? Okay. I haven't had time, but I, so, I mean, that's just if you you said one thing, then that that would be it. Did you know that Columbus, Ohio, used to be the we used to house the first Area Fifty One? I did not. Downtown Broad Street was the first Area Fifty One. <laughs> I swear to God, in the United States of America. Look I'm gonna Google up. it. Google it. Look it up. Look up Bob Lazar. When you get time, he talks about working in Area 51 and doing reverse engineering on the spacecraft. He okay. actually got the work going. So you guys heard it. Larry Carey said he's a space geek. Um, he likes space. Everybody's a little interested in UFOs, though. A lot of more people with the government releasing all the information um, with the pilots that were in the Navy saying that they seen and experienced UFOs every day. Um, that's pretty much an ongoing thing. Um, they're actually supposed to be showing us some more documentation. They showed the, the government, when Trump was in office, he forced, he signed a, a signed a documentation. We on the app too, by the way, so you know, you might hear things, sign up to the app. Um, but Trump, he signed a, a bill where we had to declassify all the, um, the UFO and all the space information that we had, we had to, they pretty much had to show us because, you know, they released a video with the Air, Air Force pilot. He's flying in the air. You just hear him say, what is that? What is this? And they got the little UFO. Basically, the way it's flying is so fast that we have no aircraft in this world that could fly like that. So Bob Lazar is talking about like it's deep. Like we could talk about that all day. Like they got the grades. I, I can tell you a science geek too. Space geek. This man it went all into what, some stuff. What, I ain't mad at you. But well, no, they, they. It's it's a popular between that paranormal and uh, you got paranormal crime, space. You got, got a lot you. of things that are very very popular. So it's just I always ask people because I'm not messing with paranormal stuff. <laughs> very religious and and the Tupac thing. I love Tupac. He's one of my favorite artists. Um, you know, he he said a lot of high level vocabulary words in his 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 raps. I, I throw him in there just so, just, but, just yeah. because because a lot of people you got people that still think he's still alive living over in Cuba. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, uh, all I know is Tupac. Thank you for your high level vocabulary words and some of your songs. I did learn some words, um, but check out the alliterations. Alliterations boost communications. The ABCs of vocabulary available on Book Baby. Amazon, um, and uh, I appreciate y'all. This is Cap Talk, DJ Copesthetic, your host. We out. Make sure you hit that follow. Make sure you hit that notification button. Help us grow. Yep. Larry All major w. platforms. We Shoot, got Larry Carey to guess. I messed him up. www.larrycarryltd.com. Larry Carey on Facebook. Antoine Carey on Instagram. And Larry Carey85 at Larry Carey85 on Twitter. See y'all. And don't forget Cap Talk on TikTok, Cap Talk on Instagram, and Cap Talk on YouTube. Follow us on all of them, as well as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, every major platform to listen to your podcast. This is your host, Cope Aesthetic. We out.